Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What is up, homies? Welcome back to the Outkick Bets podcast. It's the NBA Hoops at Lunch show. It's Friday, January 27th. There's a five-game slate in the NBA. I'm locked and loaded with three bets out of these five games, which is probably too high of a volume considering of how poorly I'm doing this week. And damn it, am I mad about it. I'm 4-9-1 this week. Um, unless I come back Saturday or Sunday and finish really strong this Friday, I'm going to end up with my first losing week week of the month. Um, albeit it was barely, but I, I cashed three straight winning weeks uh, to start this podcast out. My podcast record has dipped 24, 24, excuse me, 25 and one after last night's just horrific one and two performance. I'm all bent out of shape about it. Uh, let's talk about those bets real quick. I took the Knicks plus eight and a half points, minus one fifteen, um, and it, it finished with the Knicks winning, beating Boston one twenty to one seventeen in overtime. It got a little sweaty, if I'm being honest, but the New York Knicks were clearly the right side. Outside of early and late flurries from the Celtics, the Knicks outplayed them for probably forty of the forty eight minutes. The CLV was pretty much Knicks plus eight and a half. Um, Might have been a few percentage points uh, or a little cheaper of the VIG at the closing number. But according to my tracking app, I, I got no closing line value and didn't lose any 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 closing line value in the uh, in the final in the final number. Julius Randle balled out. He had thirty seven and nine rebounds. Jalen Brunson. Did his thing as well, putting up 29 points and 7 assists. So, got off to a winning start. I was pretty excited. I thought I was going to have a 3-0 day. Um, my next game well, was actually a player prop. I took over Patrick Williams, 1.5, made 3-pointers. Um, uh, he's a Chicago Bulls small forward. They played the Charlotte Hornets last night. This effing guy shoots 44% from the uh, – from three-point line and he went one of seven last night he punctuated his terrible shooting performance with an air ball in the final minute of the game uh he had several good looks including the air ball and just didn't make them i mean i'm i'm again this is a guy who's shooting 44 percent from behind the arc he got seven threes uh three-point attempts up so i feel great about the val the the volume i feel uh, good about the looks. I was watching the game. A lot of his, all of his looks were makeable. He just didn't hit him. <laughs> it really pisses me off. I stand by my analysis on that one. I don't know. It just that's kind of the way it's been breaking for me this year. Sucks if you followed me. Um, but hey, good shit if you faded me. I guess I don't. I don't. I don't anticipate a lot of my listeners fading a Patrick Williams over three point prop. But 
hey, you never know. Uh, the next game that I also lost on, again, I had a one and two Thursday. Um, I took the Suns minus 120 on the money line. It did drop to minus 115, so I guess we got the worst of the number, so to speak. Dallas ended up winning 99-95, to despite Luka Doncic leaving the first quarter with a turned with a rolled ankle. He did not return to the game, and Spencer Dinwiddie, in effect, turned into Luka Doncic. This guy put up 36-6-9, and and what was a microcosm of my NBA betting season to this point, Spencer Dinwiddie... Um, While Dallas was up six in the final minutes of the game, or the final, I think, 90 seconds of the game, hits a step back, 35-foot bank three to put him up nine and essentially clinch the victory for the Dallas Mavericks. DeAndre Ayton is currently on my shit list. This guy went six of 20 from the field against a Dallas interior defense, which is absolute trash. Uh, Dwight Powell outplayed DeAndre Ayton down the stretch, grabbed a few offensive rebounds that DeAndre Ayton uh, should have grabbed the defensive boards on. So I stand by my analysis on this one as well. I didn't know Luka was going to be injured, but if you tell me Luka's going to miss this game, I would have hammered the Suns for more money and would have lost more money on it. So pretty bent out of shape about that Um, and just – Really, honestly, I'm bent out of shape about my season-long performance here. Um, Hopefully, we can end January here with a winning um, record. I don't know. There might be one more day in January next week. Uh, I don't know. But be that as it may, we're going into Friday, January 27th with a 24-25-1 record. Need to do a lot of work. I got three bets locked and loaded. Hopefully... We can go 3-0 and today. Let's talk about the first one. I'm looking at the Memphis Grizzlies um, visiting the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a 7.30 Pacific uh, Eastern Standard Time tip-off, obviously. Um, these two teams are, are have split the season series thus far, 1-1. The home team has won and covered both, but ter- the, the T-Wolves actually um, own the Grizzlies in their home gym. Um, since the beginning of last season, with the play, not including the playoffs, the Timberwolves are three and zero straight up, and against the number versus the Grizzlies. But my most like important factors for this for this handicap are Memphis's injury situation and just how well Minnesota, um, soon to be All Star, I'm assuming Anthony Edwards has been playing lately. Memphis could have cluster injuries to his backcourt. Um, starting shooting guard Desmond Bain is listed as questionable, and backup shooting guard John Conchar has already been ruled out. So if Bain doesn't go, Conchar is already not going to be able to play, so they're going to be on a third-string shooting guard at that point, um, which would really offset its its edge here, which is in the backcourt with John Morant and, and um, John Morant and... Desmond Bain, excuse me. Also, I don't even have this in my notes. It's just something that I randomly thought of. D'Angelo Russell actually plays like really, really well against John Morant. Uh, John Morant's not that good of an on-ball defender, and for whatever reason, D'Angelo Russell just, I mean, he's a good offensive player in in, in like a vacuum, but a a shitty team player and uh, not a very good point guard, but he balls out against John Morant. Also, Rudy Gobert, 
Um, should absolutely own the boards and dominate the interior in this game since Grizzlies big Steven Adams is sidelined with an injury. Gobert is a former um, three-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, um, and he can he can make life difficult for John Morant. And and you know John Morant loves to attack the the paint and attack the rim. Well, Minnesota's eighth in defensive field goal shooting at the rim according to cleaningtheglass.com, and a big reason is because of, of Rudy Gobert. Uh, going back to, to Edwards, just dominating this month, he's averaging 26.5 points per game in January. This year against the Grizzlies, he's averaging 28.5 points per game in the, in the two Grizzlies-Timberwolves meetings on 71% true shooting. That's 59% from the field, 50% from three, and roughly 86% from the foul line. He's got a plus 30 net rating. So Edwards is balling. Um, I I love this kid. I love the way he plays. I don't want to get too carried away and say he's the best player on the floor. I I, I almost did. I had to stop myself there because I love John Morant as well. And John Morant is probably the best player on the floor, but damn, it's close. And Anthony Edwards is putting on a show night in, night out. The NBA has a real problem with this whole load management thing. This kid hasn't missed a single game this year. He's playing through injury, um, granted, but I think he's going to I think he's gonna uh, put up a good game against a team that's eliminated the Timberwolves last year in the playoffs, if I remember. We got a, a little budding rivalry between two young rosters, and and I like I like the Timberwolves to hold it down here at home. Memphis could be a little road weary. This is the final of its five game road trip. Um, they just played a contested, tough back and forth battle with Golden State Warriors Wednesday that that may have taken its toll. I, I guess we'll see, right? Um, and, and and finally, most most of the money's coming in on on Memphis here, but the line hasn't budged. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but that that reverse or that line freeze suggests that the sports books want more money coming in on the Grizzlies and are willing to take a position against the Grizzlies here. So let's let's I guess get on the same side of the house in effect and and, and take the plus three um with with the, the Minnesota Timberwolves here. I'm willing to play it down to plus two and a half, but we'll lock in a bet here for the NBA Hoops at Lunch show at plus three. Next game, I'm a little out of order here um, just because I, 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 I handicapped these games like kind of based on like inspiration and what jumped out at me first. So I'm going to start with the Toronto Raptors at Golden State Warriors, and I'm going to finish it with a game that's tipping off earlier, which is the Orlando Magic at the Miami Heat. Um, but this Raptors-Warriors tip-off is for 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The Warriors just mollywopped the Raptors 126-110 in Toronto. They were six-point road underdogs in that game, um, and it was back in December 18th. The Raptors did win the rebounding and turnover battle, just couldn't make any shots. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second, but... Also, I would I would I would say that the, the market's probably looking at this as a great price for the Warriors, right? They're one of the better home teams in the league. They're only favored by five against a Toronto team, which is I think five games below five hundred. Yeah, they are twenty two and twenty seven. Um, and Golden State beat Toronto by sixteen without Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins. So. I know most of the market's coming in on, on, on Golden State here, and I'm willing to take a position against 
the masses betting um, the Warriors in an obviously advantageous position for them being at home, right? Um, also, the uh, the Toronto Raptors were missing two starters against Golden State earlier this season. Gary Trent Jr., who's a phenomenal floor spacer, and OG Ananobi, who's a phenomenal defender and, and floor spacer in his own right. He's like a 3 and D guy. And since the Raptors really rely on their starters and have pretty much no bench, those losses were were very pivotal to the final outcome of the game. Now, I, I know Steph Curry's the best player on the floor. Andrew Wiggins is awesome as well. Um, so you would think, hey, Golden State getting those two guys back and um and, and it doesn't really matter who Toronto has suiting up, you know, Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins being back in the lineup gives them an obvious edge. Um, but those those availabilities um, are already baked in the number, so to speak. Um, but going back to the whole rebounding and turnover battle thing, the Raptors have a massive strength on, on weakness edge in the turnover department. They lead the NBA in both turnover and turnover rate on both ends of the floor. Um, and Golden State is notoriously clumsy with its ball security. They're 29th in offensive turnover rate. Um, this has just been a thing for the whole Warriors dynasty. They they just turn the ball over. I don't I don't know. They they make up for it with their three point shooting, with their pace, with their offensive synergy. Um, it it always kind of usually not always, but usually boils down to the Warriors being able to out execute despite their turnover issues. But their turnover issues are a consistent thing. The Raptors lead the league in points off of turnovers per game. And again, the Warriors have the second most points off of turnovers allowed per game in the NBA. Um, and based on Golden State's recent rota- rotations and a change they made to their starting five, I think Toronto is going to be able to 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 own the offensive rebounds here. They're uh, one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league. The Warriors replaced their center, Kevon Looney, with uh, Jordan Poole to uh, go with more of like an offensively potent five-man out lineup. Um, I will say we, we could lose this edge a little bit if Wiggins, who is questionable to play, actually misses Friday because no Wiggins would, would I would assume, mean Kevon Looney would replace him in the starting lineup. Um, either way, though, Toronto is a good enough offensive rebounding team where they could grab offensive rebounds even with Kevon Looney on the floor. And if Wiggins misses, then the Warriors are going to be without their second-best defensive player, uh, who's a wing, and and the Raptors are absolutely stacked at wing. So they really kind of need Andrew Wiggins in this spot. And um, if, he's, if he's questionable, then – or if he, if he misses, then, hey, I, I, I think Toronto's – Wings are going to be able to really make life difficult for Golden State's defense. If he does play, then their size um, or Golden State's lack there, uh, size, lack of size, excuse me, could affect its rebounding. So let's take the Toronto Raptors plus five. I would play it down to plus four and a half. Um, but that's my second best bet here. And then my third best bet, final on the NBA Friday card, I'm going. Under 219.5 in the Magic Heat game. It started at 222.5. Most of the money, according to DraftKings, is coming in on the over, but it's taken down. So the, I don't know, sharp books or or 
um, the market is booking sharp action on the under one way or the other, right? That's the only reason the total could have dropped three points despite most of the money coming in on the over. Um, but from a stylistic standpoint, I just like this game to go under the total. This is their first, the Magic and Heat's first meeting of the season. Both have better defensive ratings and offensive ratings. They both are bottom 10 in offensive shot quality per cleaningtheglass.com. They both play at a snail's pace. Neither one's a very good shooting team. Um, neither is a good offensive rebounding team, which is kind of surprising in Orlando's case because they have a lot of bigs and both are good at keeping each other or keeping opponents off the free throw line. I'll say Miami three point shooting has really fallen off this year. They they struggle to get wide open three point attempts because they can't space the floor really without sharp shooting specialist De- Duncan Robinson. Um, without Duncan Robinson, who's still out with an injury, really that just leaves Max Struess and Tyler Hero jacking up threes. Kyle Lowry can obviously get hot, but he's more of like a floor general and and really isn't having that that great of an offensive season outside of just kind of getting Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo in their spots. I mean, he's not he's not bringing much from a shooting perspective. Who who knows if he gets hot here? And because of the the Heat's inability to space the floor, they have I think the lowest wide open three point. Uh, um, or one of the the lowest wide open three point attempt rates in the in the league defensively, they have the best wide open three point attempt rate allowed. So they're doing a good job of closing out on threes, and they're not getting open threes. Um, and Orlando again has a lot of size; they can kind of clog the middle up in, uh, with. And Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, that's where they operate, you know, and. On the other end, Miami actually leads the league in, in paint points per game allowed. So if Orlando's three-point shooting isn't going down and they don't really have that good of three-point shooters and they're not good at three-point shooting on the road, then uh, I don't really see how the Magic score a lot of points here. And this also feels like a sell-high spot for Orlando's offense. They've gone over the total in four of their last um, five games whereas the Miami Heat have allowed their opponents to score um, fewer than 100 points in four of their last six games. So, again, I think it's a, it's a, it's a buy-low spot for, for – well, not a buy-low, a sell-high spot for Orlando's offense. And, um, and, and, and I think Miami's defense is really going to – shut down an Orlando offense, which is, is, is pretty limited. Um, again, they, they're kind of without three point shooters. They don't have a lot of floor spacing and based on the line movement, I think, I think the market's kind of confirming my instinct here. Um, the magic and heat again, open with 225 or 222 and a half points, their total. Um, and it's, and it's been lowered three points despite most of the money coming on the over. So, um, I am a little out of order here, but I'm going under 219.5 in the Magic Heat. I'm also taking five points with the Toronto Raptors, and I'm taking uh, Toronto Raptors visiting the Golden State Warriors, and I'm taking three points with the Minnesota Timberwolves hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. I really, really want to get out of this weekly hole and get out of the hole in general. Um, here in the NBA. So I could come back tomorrow with a podcast, depending on how 
today goes, if I get lumped up today, I'm probably just going to take the weekend and regroup and reassess my NBA betting life, so to speak. But best of luck to you, homies. Hey, please check out my NFL Conference Championship breakdown with the homie Dan Z. He did a lot of great work, gave out, I think, nine bets. I gave out a few bets. It was a really fun conversation. Me and Dan always um, really get along talking talking sports gambling, talking NFL gambling. So hopefully that comes out in the in the podcast, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. And me and Dan's conversation about the upcoming NFL conference championships just provides some, some, some sort of betting value to you, um, loyal listeners. So uh, best of luck again with all your gambling this weekend, whatever sport you're getting down on, and uh, wish me luck for God's sakes. I need it. Peace. Peace.